This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Giving them money is not going to teach them the right values. You have to teach them to earn that money. And by the way, doing chores around the house and giving them money for it is not earning money. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Justin Harrison has joined us on Baby Brunch just here at ZA before. In fact, the last podcast that he shared with us around December time about how not to spend money on your children did extremely well. So you can find the guy on justinharrison.co.za. Also, they're quite popular on TikTok. So find him on Money Tribe 21, on Facebook, Money Tribe 21, and then on Instagram too, Money Tribe 21. Justin, welcome back to babybrunch.co.za. Great to be back. Thanks, Ilana. Listen, today, credit card and kids. So the last time we learned we cannot spend money on our children, when is it time for them to spend money? When they earn it, Ilana. Wow. When they earn it. Is it a, is it a pocket money thing? Or do we deliberately teach the lesson that this is how one does it? I'll tell you what has happened recently. My seven-year-old is now in grade one, and on a Friday, there's tuck shop. And it is really nice for me to see that she can take 50 bucks to school and that she has the intention to purchase and to bring back change. The change for her is a big thing because she wants to get money back. But if you gave me 50 bucks when I was seven, (laughs) I would have not brought back the change. I would have spent it all. You see, Elon, it's a difficult question to answer because it depends how you want to raise your kids. It depends what your intention is with your kids. I can only answer this from the way I want to raise my kids and what I believe is correct. And what I believe is correct may not be what everybody else believes. But here is the thing I believe. If you want to raise kids that are going to be independent, that are going to be able to go out into the world and earn a living and stand on their own two feet, giving them money is not going to teach them the right values. You have to teach them to earn that money. And by the way, doing chores around the house and giving them money for it is not earning money. That is simply supplying them within the economic system within the home. We don't believe in paying kids for doing chores around the home. That is called being part of a functional family, right? And now this this whole story about pocket money for chores that's crept in, you know, it's an excuse for parents to give their kids money as far as I'm concerned. What parents need to do is teach children how to go outside of the home and earn money. Once those kids are earning their own money, they need to be part of their kids' money journey and teach them how to be responsible with that money. So the first question is not when can they spend the money? The first question is when are they ready to earn the money? That's the real question. Wow. So so kids and tuck shop, I mean, complete the sentence, uh, kids and tuck shop. It's an absolute treat. And I want to go back to when we were kids and mm. the importance of, of how culture has changed. You know, we have a situation now where both parents are working. The tuck shop has now become a convenience as opposed to a treat. And right. you're talking to a kid who, when he was 13, started cutting hair and with that money bought the school tuck shop when he was 15. <laughs> I literally owned the school tuck shop. And Listen, I Justin, wish not that, all of us are you, okay? <laughs> I wish that tuck shops were what they are today because we literally 
sold chappies and a couple of suckers and a cool drink. Today, it's meals and it's kawaii and depending which school you go to. The reason I raise this point is because what it's become, it's become a matter of convenience. And this is the problem. You have both parents working today. And so it's easy to give children a couple of bucks every day or even load money on a card for them Mm -hmm. and send them off to school and say, you know what, my job is done. I think it is very important that we go back to basics here. We need to teach kids the value of making their own school lunches if we're not standing and doing it for them if they're too young. We need to send them with a packed lunch every day so we make sure that they're getting the right nutrition and eating the right things. Mm. And then when they actually get to go to the tuck shop, just like when we get to go out to dinner as adults, that Mm. we understand that it is a privilege. It should not be an everyday thing. It should not be an every week thing. It should be a once in a while thing. And I am absolutely shocked, especially in the private schools, when I see what is going on at, at, at tuck shops. I think parents are doing their children a disservice. And I think when we sit quietly and we think about it uh, and, we, and we get away from all the emotion and the hysteria of this, the fact of the matter is we are substituting uh, what we should actually be doing as parents, which is making our children lunches. And that's a fact. Look, you give a lot of advice. And I mean, we listen to the Money Podcast as well. That, that's on Jackpot on, on jackarandafm.com. The um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the the I think South Africans generally, you know, we we don't often have a healthy healthy relationship with 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 money, you know. And now as parents, we we are teaching, and I'm excusing your preacher, and, and as parents, we are teaching our children bad habits around money. Um, I'll I'll tell you what what started this conversation about kids and credit cards that I I wanted to bring to you today. The other day, I went for a coffee with a girlfriend of mine, and one of her daughters took her credit card, and she obviously knows the PIN. And as I wanted to pay for the coffee, she said, don't worry, mom will get it. And I said, but your mom's sitting that side. And she said, no, I've got a credit card. And she paid for the coffee at the counter by tapping it. And then obviously, it was a little bit more than, I don't know, the tap amount. She put the PIN in, and she paid for our coffees with her mom's credit card. And for a moment there, I thought, oh, that's actually really clever. You know, she didn't have to get up. The kids just paid for the the coffees. And then afterwards, I thought to myself, wait a minute. We just taught our children how to pay with credit cards. Like there was something about it that even though my friend is a really good parent, but there's something about it that bothered me. Ilana, I think think it's something that should should bother everybody. I think... You know, again, we have to go back to basics here. If you want your children to really understand money, you've got to go back to basics. I say this for adults as well. I've had to do this personally. When I sat down and tried to figure out money, I went, listen, where do do we go to understand money? Let's go right back to the beginning. Where did money start? Why, Why is money money? Right. It started out as a bartering system. From bartering, we moved to gold and silver coins. Gold and silver coins became ineffective because it's too heavy to carry around. So we went to paper money. Paper money then became a thing, but there was too much paper money to carry around. So we moved to digital money. This is the evolution of money. This is why we're carrying around money. And this is why we now have bank cards, right? It is important to understand that the banknotes in your pocket once represented value over something physical. Most children today will never understand that. 
because they don't understand the history lesson behind money. They don't understand that the history of money is still being written and money will evolve into the future. So whatever money looks like today, it's going to look very different into the future. But if you don't understand that evolution, you're never going to understand the value of money. And this is what's important. So whilst it might seem like an innocent act to say, listen, give the kid a piece of plastic, my piece of plastic, and go and put it in the pin code. Right. What you need to be teaching the children today is what does it represent? And so my thing is don't just give a card to a child and say go pay you need to make them aware of what it is that it represents you need to make them understand how the money got there the work that went into getting the money there because otherwise they're going to have an unnatural relationship with money and this is why we have an entire uh, generation that has that has completely lost the plot when it comes to debt and money they are completely emotionally separated from the bad decisions they're making around money how how old should they be? I mean, I, I'll tell you what I do with my kids. I, I don't mind being judged because I, I do think as a parent that I'm really good with money. As an individual, I think that money is not important to me per se. I'm I'm just really good with working with it, you know. So there's this thing called American Dolls. And, and then there's this other thing. Um, what do they call it? Uh, Chelsea Dolls. So mm-hmm. So often in our house, something is measured by the amount of American Dolls that you can buy. So let's say um, we are um, working or the kids say, well, we're going away on holiday. Wow. How many American dolls can you buy from that? And then we'll say, oh, well, it's very expensive. You know, you can buy five American dolls with it. So mommy has to go to work today and work really, really hard. So that's mm-hmm. that's how I've been trying to explain to the littlies. And I mean, mine are five and seven to, as to how money works and why mama has to go to work because it costs so many American dollars, you know. But at what age do we teach them the value of money? Previously, it was easy on this podcast. We, we were able to talk with parents and say, you know, don't spend too much money on them because what you mm-hmm. do will will influence how they feel. But now I'm ready to to teach them, you know, if you, if you don't earn it, then, you know, and, and, and this is the value of it. So how do we teach little ones? Because your babies were little too ones. How did you start teaching them about money and the value of it when they were that age? I, th- I think it's such a great question. I think, first of all, like you said, you have to lead by example. It's a, it's, you know, we, we can we can stand and tell kids what to do all day long, but the examples you set in everything you do, aside from money, keeping your house clean, keeping your cars clean, the way you live, the way you construct your life is a is a template for the way your kids are going to grow up. That's the first thing. Mm. The second thing is the words you use and the language of money that you use around your kids is critically important. Sure. You know, if you use terminology like money doesn't grow on trees around your kids, <laughs> that becomes a template for them. I've got news for everybody. Money literally does grow on trees. There's an absolute abundance of money in the system. In fact, government prints the stuff whenever they want. There's an unlimited supply of money in the system. So we need to have the correct language around our kids. This mm. is this is important. Getting to the third part, and this is to answer your question. The, the answer about when is the correct time comes down to the child's emotional maturity and it's like any other stage of a child's development whether it's talking about um, adolescent issues Mm. whether it's talking about specific emotional issues if you're spending the correct time around your kids putting in the correct input your children will start asking questions 
And when they start asking questions like, why did, why does something cost this? Why do mm. banks charge fees? Mm. That's the time that you start putting in different kinds of input. That's when you start allowing certain kinds of privileges with money. That's when you start enabling them to start transacting with money. And yeah. the basis should always be cash. It should always be tangible. It should always be physical before you move to any other kind of money because right. they need to physically understand the tactile environment before they move to the non-tactile environment. So, so speaking of tactile and non-tactile, when, when is the right time to introduce them to a bank card? For instance, um, my babies have got bank accounts and it was always a thing for me that when they were born, I would open one and, and I did, but we don't have a bank card. So actually my kids have never been to a bank. Um, I've never taken them to, I just realized that I've never taken them to an ATM, you know? So, so when, when do we introduce them to a bank card or to an ATM? Is it important um, I think it's extremely important. I think there's, I think there's a, an entire generation that is going to come out of school and does not know how to go into a bank and open a bank account. So, for example, with my daughter, she turned seven. I took it. I set up an appointment at the bank. I took her to go see the bank manager. I took her through a formal process so she could understand what it feels like to go through that process and understand what's on the other side of the computer screen. And we went through the process for her to understand what happens when her money goes into the bank. I showed her how an ATM machine works, all of that. And this has been an ongoing process. Now, she happens to be a little bit more mature than a lot of other kids her age. And again, I come back to this aspect of you must understand the child's emotional maturity and also the development and understanding in terms of money. If you're in an environment as a child that is constantly talking positively about money, constantly focusing on money issues, then probably you're going to grow up a lot quicker around those sort of things and ask questions. Um, you know, for some kids, it's going to be seven, six, some it might only be 13. I don't believe there's a right or a wrong time. I think it comes down to judging the child when it's ready and knowing when is the right time to introduce it. Because the other thing, it's just like any responsibility, Alana, you can't hand over a responsibility about anything in life until you know that person is ready for it. Mm -hmm. My teenagers are already questioning the notion of banks and money. I mean, what what does the future of money look like? I mean, do we do we start introducing them to to crypto? Yes. Um, do we start introducing them to to um, Bitcoin? And yeah. I mean, they're already going a bank. <laughs> you know, um, they have bank accounts, but I can tell that they are curious. Um, Ilana, I believe the future of banking is going to look very different to what we've grown up with. Um, it's going to be decentralized. It's it, it may not be cryptocurrency, but it's going to be decentralized. It's going to be peer to peer. The old archaic banking institutions as they are today, where you go stand in a queue is just going to be a foreign idea to, to this generation coming through. My daughter, who is now 12, has got a stock portfolio, has got a cryptocurrency portfolio. In fact, before she does her schoolwork every day, the first thing she does is check stock prices and crypto prices. And that's not something that came from me. This was this was her desire. This is what her peers are interested in. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because the, the children's input today is very, very different. The way they transacting in the world and interacting is very, very different. So I think the sooner you get kids onto these platforms, the better. But you have to make sure that you as a parent are educated as well. You cannot simply let the kids run wild in these platforms. You have to make sure that you're there and you're parenting. Listen, I don't even know how coding or NFTs work. Now I need to introduce crypto. 
wait, and, and, and does she does she buy it with part. a credit card? Does she buy it with a credit card? So so here's so here's the interesting story. So she doesn't have a credit card. She has a debit card because we don't believe in credit cards, which is a great conversation we need to have. <laughs> and and so so she basically goes and and buys vouchers. Uh, to be able to convert into cryptocurrency, right. which costs her more. And she understands that that is part of the process that she needs to go through because she's a minor. Now, coming back to the discussion of whether kids should have credit cards or not, I think it's something that you need to really sit and actively think about as a parent, about what you want your kid's future to be. There is no doubt about that credit cards serve a very important part of mm. our financial system. They can be an incredible tool for enabling uh, rewards and an incredible tool for enabling savings, mm. an incredible tool for uh, for getting lines of credit. But it is one of the biggest debt traps that any consumer can fall into if they're not really good at managing money. And so you need to really start back, teach your kids to use cash and be responsible. Secondly, move them onto a debit card. And then finally, when they have proven that they understand cash and debit cards and cash flow, then we can talk about credit cards. But certainly, you don't go straight from zero to credit card. Mm. It's interesting that you say that because, I mean, I, I know your philosophy around credit cards and debt, and I know it's something that you don't like and enjoy. And many of us have learned many life's lessons through through losing, loss and, yeah. and, and gaining, you know, when it comes to our own finances. But it's interesting to have to relearn it now that we have our own children. And so... Um, uh, I, 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 do, do you think that sometimes your the notion, and I mean, this is a personal question to you, um, for everyone who's listening to the platform, because I can just feel how you're being judged. <laughs> Don't you think it's a little bit extreme to not to not have a credit card at all? Don't you? And I mean, this this is purely me asking you a personal question. I like how you've given us the three options of cash, the tangible, then how to manage it. Not the debit card, but how to manage the debit card. You need to understand what it's about. And then the credit card option later on, you know, so I, I'm enjoying that three step process. But but personally, don't you think that your yours is a little bit extreme? So, so Lana, I, I have a, a credit card. Um, and it has probably one of the largest limits in the country on it. But the bank hates me because I never use their line of credit. I put money into the credit card and I treat it like a debit card because of the benefits, right? I like the benefits that a credit card gives me. I like the fact that at the credit bureau, which, by the way, I run one of the credit bureaus in the country. So I know the benefits of owning a credit card and what it does for your credit profile. But I do not want to ever get stuck in this rut of what what is known as revolving debt. So mm -hmm. you spend on your credit card this month, you don't pay the full balance off, and then you're stuck in this cycle of compound interest on compound interest. And by the way, credit card is one of the highest interest rates you can pay. And so I don't think it's extreme at all. In fact, I think the opposite. I think people who have got debt on their credit cards and keep spending on their credit cards, I think that is extreme. I think it is ridiculous. And I think handing that on to your children is like putting a gun to your children's head. Because you're not teaching your kids to be financially responsible. But and surely before the baby comes, surely before the baby comes, I am going to use my credit card and start their early years in debt. So they, they don't even have a name yet, but they have a crib and I bought it on my credit card. Well, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're doing the right thing, you should have been saving before the baby came. Um, and, you know, again, 
you didn't have to use a credit card to buy the crib and you maybe didn't need the crib. You could have done without the crib and made a plan and not use the credit card. There's a lot of other options. We go to the credit card because we say it's a last resort, but often it's because it's easy. It's we don't have to go apply for that loan. We just have to swipe the card. And this is the trap with credit cards. Mm. And we hand and we hand that easy trap onto our children. children. We show sure. them just by swiping. It's an easy trap. We didn't have to phone up anyone and ask for that loan. Yeah. There's no barrier to entry. In fact, we can on our phones just go and increase the limits. We don't even have to phone anybody to to ask them to increase the limit these days. And we're passing that on to our children. It's a big mistake. And this this debt trap that we're in as a generation, we've got to prevent the next generation from going into it. And we and we do that by making sure that they're educated about what a credit card is. A credit card is useful, but it's only useful when you don't use it as a credit card. For those of you who didn't see my face on the video, that was a tongue-in-cheek question to Justin. Do not buy your crib on a credit card. Justin, thank you so much for your time. JustinHarrison.co.za if you want to know more about the guy. Follow him on TikTok. It's quite entertaining to watch him become very charismatic about money, uh, especially yours. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.